We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Six Man Show on Orlando Magic Podcast with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic Basketball. Five fans, four fans. Go Magic! What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. Today is December 29th, 2022. Jonathan Osborne here. As always, I'm joined by my co host, Luke Sylvia. Luke, this is our last episode of 2022. It is. We uh, we are entering 2023, and I am just hoping that we're going to be washing our hands of what we've been witnessing with this Magic team. So that's my my hope for 2023. Do you? I know the answer to this, but do you feel like we're like we're too close? Like everything that happens with this team for us is like under a microscope because it's. All day, every day, we're talking about this team. We're watching the games. We're re-watching the games. We're looking into statistics. We're listening to post-practice interviews and pre-game interviews, post-game interviews. Like we're we're like too close. Where I I can't always step back and see the big picture. I think that is especially true for me tonight as we fall to who the heck did we play tonight? The Detroit Pistons. You lose one twenty-one mm. to one hundred one. On the road, the second loss in as many nights after the uh, the big loss to the Lakers at home on Tuesday night. Yeah, I feel like I'm just I'm too close to what is going on right now. Where, like you said, you want to wash your hands, but we just came off winning eight of our last nine, and now we're mm-hmm. like, man, this team sucks again. Yeah. So what? We're we've won eight of our last eleven. Um, not bad. It's just I would. Yes, I, I think for like our sake, I would prefer to like have split those wins up in there. You know, if you tell me you get eight amongst, I'd rather like, okay, no back-to-back losses and and I'm okay. Because recording, Jonathan, we record twice a week and we just recap. As everybody knows, we recap the games that, that happen between recordings basically so when the team is on a winning streak, you and I got to record like four straight episodes on a winning streak. It was a lot of fun. And we just we knew that at some point the streak would end. But then it got to the point where because we do kind of live and die with each win and loss, we were like, what? I mean, what? It's been six. Why can't it be 10? I can see it. We could do 11. We could get to, you know, we, we could be 15. You're dreaming at that point. <laughs> you're dreaming about the, the possibility. Oh, because. You so young and so naive we were a week ago, um, but but no, absolutely we. I mean, we do. We live and die with each win and each loss, and that's the case. I mean, I because we just were so in in I don't even know enthralled or in the depths of of this team and how they do. It is so hard not to to do that and hyper obsessed. Like maybe. Oh, I would say. Um, but like I said, I I texted you brought it up tonight in our group chat where I was like, if we go zero and three this week, my recency bias will be like through the roof, and it's true, and that's true in every aspect, and we know that. That's why you and I, I think you and I both did, or at least I did, predicted three and zero this week. 
So, you know, I, I think that that's definitely where that plays in. It's unfortunate. But, uh, yeah, this team goes 0-3, which, honestly, at this point, it seems pretty probable, depending on what happens with the league. Uh, this episode will come out, obviously, and we're recording before the NBA kind of puts their final things out uh, about suspensions and if they happen or not. Maybe we can dodge a bullet, Jonathan, and we just write the ship on Friday against the Wizards. But uh, we'll see. So Luke just alluded to something that we're going to get to a little bit further in the episode. But if you're coming into this without context, basically Wednesday night, late in the third quarter, uh, the Magic are about to turn the ball over. The ball rolls you know, past the, the half court mark, and it's it's really going out of bounds. Mo Wagner is kind of jogging towards the ball, and Killian Hayes is sprinting down the sideline to try to recover the loose ball and head towards the Pistons basket. Mo Wagner kind of looks over his shoulder and shoulder checks Killian Hayes, and Killian Hayes goes flying into the Detroit bench. Hamidou Jallo comes up from behind, pushes Moritz Wagner. Killian Hayes punches Mo Wagner in the back of the head. He kind of falls into the bench, and for like a good 45 to 60 seconds, you cannot see Mo Wagner. Both benches clear. Jamal Mosley and basically the entire Magic team run down to the other end of the floor in front of the Detroit bench. And the league rules are that bench players are are not able to step on the court, especially during any kind of you know conflict or escalation like that. And it almost always results in automatic suspensions, like no questions asked, no context, no nuance, does not matter. So because like nine, ten, I don't know how many guys. I think we can we can look at a couple of tweets from tonight, but uh, the Magic are potentially looking at a number of guys being suspended. And we'll talk more about that as we talk about the Detroit game and uh, just kind of the aftermath of that. But uh, yeah, so the Magic, we don't know how many guys they're going to have coming up on Friday. It's going to be pretty interesting. So, but before we get more into, you know, Magic basketball and everything, this is going to be the last episode of 2022. Uh, For myself, Luke, Kevin, uh, our families, we just wanted to thank you all so much for supporting, listening, watching, coming out to events all year long. Um, this year, I think I can I speak for all of us. It's, it's really been a dream come true. Things happened this year that I really genuinely never thought would be possible when it comes to partnering with the Magic for the, the lottery uh, watch, the lottery, the draft lottery watch party, winning the number one overall pick and being at Harry Buffalo with all of you, and then being there in Amway draft night, drafting Paolo Bancaro, recording at Amway, being able to record with Jalen Suggs and just all of the you know the, the great moments that we've had this year. Um, it wouldn't be possible without you all, and we thank you all so much. I know we put everything that we have into this. It's a lot of fun. Uh, we really think that it's just the beginning for us, though. We're going to keep working as hard as ever, and we think that 2023 is going to be the biggest year yet for the six-man show. So just thanks to everybody. We really, really appreciate your support. In a couple of weeks here, Luke, January 7th, the Magic are going to be back home uh, coming up here on Friday. And then they've also got uh, a couple of uh, games at home against the Memphis Grizzlies and then Oklahoma City Thunder before they hit the West Coast for a road trip. Coming up on January the 7th is going to be our next watch party. This time it's going to be at the Porch South Orange, 4757 South Orange Avenue. That watch party is going to start at 8 o'clock. So make sure that you guys come out. The menu and the drinks there look to be insane. Everyone that I have talked to about the Porch South Orange says it's fantastic. So really excited about that. Hope you guys will come out to the watch party again. That is Saturday, January 7th, starting at 8 o'clock. And then remember, folks, every single day, as soon as you wake up, go and do the all-star voting for your favorite Magic players. You can go to vote.nba.com or you can vote in the NBA app. Remember, coming up on January 1st, January 6th, 13th, 16th, and 20th, those are the NBA's three-for-one days. So you vote once that day, it's going to count for three votes. So make sure that you guys get that in. And again, vote for your favorite Magic players. And as always, we'll go through the state of the Magic. The Magic are currently 0-2 on the week. Luke and I said they were going to go 3-0, so not going so great. Uh, you might have guessed, which brings them to a record of 13-23. and 23. They have the fifth worst record in the league. They're 13th in the Eastern Conference. They're now three games back of Toronto for the final playing spot. 
The Magic on the season have an offensive rating of 110.7, which ranks 24th in the league. They have a defensive rating of 114.4, which ranks 25th in the league. Their overall net rating is negative 3.7, which is 26th in the league. On the injury front, the Magic actually doing pretty well these days. No Jonathan Isaac still. No Jalen Suggs. No Chuma Okeke. All of those guys are still out with various injuries. But we haven't added anyone to the injury report. That's, I think, the best news that we've had in quite a while. Wendell Carter Jr., Gary Harris, both returned last Friday to the lineup, are both kind of still working back from minutes restrictions. And depending upon you know what happens over the course of the next couple of days with these you know suspensions and whatnot, those minutes restrictions may have to be removed pretty quickly. I think both of those guys are, are moving pretty well and, and doing pretty well, Luke. Yeah. We'll we'll see what happens with them. It'll be interesting. Uh, we have no idea what's going to happen with these guys. So uh, on Friday, it will be an interesting game nonetheless. Another group of folks that we want to say a special thank you to that have supported us throughout this year are our patrons. So if you have not heard, uh, if you're looking to financially support the show and join our community, you can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show. We have three tiers of benefits starting as low as $2 a month just to help support the show and help us do all the things that we do. Uh, but then we have our all, our all-star our all and Hall of Fame tiers where you can have additional benefits like access to our Discord community, uh, access to our monthly Zoom calls that we have with our Hall of Fame tier patrons every month. We hang out with them and talk Orlando Magic basketball. And then we also give away you know, free T-shirts every single month. So if you're interested in joining the Patreon, you can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show. I'm going to go ahead and give a special shout out to all of our Hall of Fame tier patrons that have been supporting us either recently or throughout this year. We'll start with Court Cousins, Armin, Carson Tulo, Jonathan Borges, Normal, Magic Player History, Julio Bailey, Gabe Gaines, Wiffle, Michael Martin, Jamel Miller, Michael Salapong, Franz Goda Fichot, The Distract, Mo Bamba, Yo Mama, Petition to Get Producer Kevin on Every Show, Pierre A., Migzors, Dylan Holden, Mr. Mikey, Eduardo Sanchez, Drum, Danimal, Dutto 15, Bobby Skinner, Goaty 93, Teddy Sylvia, Eric Lopez, Fuchsia, Juan Gerardo, Bill Fulton, Edmund Lagone, Jose Esquilin, Destin for Greatness, Caleb Pete, Cannibalism, Time Mr. TV, Chat 3045, Joe Rothfuss, ESPN Really Sucks, Gear 95 Shred, Junior Bruce, Half Recon, Shahin 177, Himlo, Ban Himro, RM Prof 221, and Ray Pastrana. Thank you all so much, and thank you to all of our patrons. You can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show. Luke, Tuesday night, the Los Angeles Lakers came to town for their one and only meeting against the Magic in Orlando this season. LeBron James, who is still chasing down Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for the NBA all-time scoring record. I think they said if he keeps up this current pace, it'll happen sometime in like February, which is just, just crazy to think that that could happen this year. But uh, yeah, as we usually see in Amway when the Lakers come to town, this was the big test. We talked about this on the last episode. So far this year, you know, we've had some you know marquee teams in the build in the building. You know, you've had the Boston Celtics. Um, you, you had you know the Milwaukee Bucks in the building. The Lakers are are the big test because it's obviously it's the Lakers, one of the most popular uh, franchises. Uh, and then you have LeBron James coming to town. There were a lot of Lakers fans in attendance. I'll definitely say that. But I don't think it was as bad as it has been in recent years. So if you were at Amway on Tuesday night for that Lakers game, cheering on your Orlando Magic, big props. And yeah, if you're a season ticket holder and you can afford to not sell those Laker tickets or you know you, you wanted to give them away to a Lakers fan, don't do that. Just give them to a Magic fan. If you can afford it without selling it, the less Lakers fans in the building, always, always, always much better. And then maybe no, most notably, uh, the the key or marquee matchup in this game was Paolo Bancaro versus LeBron James. Now, foul trouble really kept Paolo Bancaro uh, out of this game for the most part, played just 22 minutes, 21 seconds in this one. Definitely the worst game of his career so far in the, you know, the, the young career, I would say. Four points, one of six from the floor. People have been talking about this, Luke. Is it the hair? Paolo switched up the hair. He took out the the twists. He just let he's just rocking the curls, rocking the fro. Or how much do you think had to do with him going up against basically his favorite player in LeBron James? 
listen, what was it that I, I believe Dante is the one that I had heard it from to put it in perspective. Paolo had been, has been, you know, Paolo was 11 months old when LeBron, I believe, made his debut in the NBA. There's just no possible way that, you know, the guy that you, that has been playing since you were 11 months old and that you say is the guy that you, you know, looked up to the most, watched his game film most, those sort of things. There's just no way. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're Kawhi Leonard, like, well, maybe for Kawhi Leonard, you don't have nerves. Like, there's no way you don't have nerves going into that type of game. Palo early on, there's, you know, possessions where Palo is on LeBron. It's like, that has got to be a ridiculously crazy moment and just very surreal for him. But yeah, I mean, he, he seemed to be out of sorts early on. He seemed to be out of sorts. He gets in foul trouble and it just really all goes downhill. Um, I will say ball ball. I was at first, I was like, oh, maybe these guys, these young guys are just kind of starstruck right now with LeBron, but I'm not entirely sure. And then ball, misses a uh i believe it was a layup from the baseline uh, early on in that game against the lakers and that's when i was like okay that really solidifies it for me bull just really doesn't miss those these guys are genuinely nervous going against lebron for the first time the good news is i don't think that'll happen the next time it shouldn't happen the next time you get your one game you get your one pass if you're palo um and and then you move on so yeah i would say absolutely uh starstruck it it seemed that way early on it was something that i was making note of in that game and it seemed to just you know it was too late at that point you know in the lakers game you really you just couldn't get it back in momentum i think there's also something uh, kevin kevin talked about this i know you added to it in our group chat that so far after like these extended holiday breaks the magic Mm. just have not been playing well so if you go back to thanksgiving so black friday november 25th is that loss at home to philadelphia the first one and they come back on sunday and that was the 30 point loss to philadelphia and then you have christmas obviously you have three days off and then tuesday versus the lakers 129 to 110 We'll talk more about the loss to Detroit as well. Second night of a back-to-back, home, road. Those are always difficult, but I think there is something to that. I don't want to say, oh, we lost to the Lakers because, you know, Paolo Bancaro and all these other guys were, you know, shaking in their underoos, looking at their childhood hero, you know, playing playing against him. I, I think I think there is something to that, like the first few minutes, but like the, the foul trouble and you know me, you know that I, I don't care for the officiating a lot of the times. You never want to blame, I'm not blaming this loss on officiating by any means, but I do think the Lakers are officiated much differently than a lot of the other teams in the league, whether it has to do with you know chirping you know back and forth to the refs or them just getting the benefit of the whistle the most time. And there were you know a couple of fouls on Paolo Bancaro that I just thought were completely ridiculous. And a young player, rhythm is so important. And him just not able to get into a rhythm at any point during this game because of the foul trouble. You come back in, you know, late, you've got five fouls, and you you got to play super, super, super conservative. You can't play your normal physical brand of basketball that Paolo Bancaro, you know, we've kind of become accustomed to with him. But really, this game was a lack of defense for the Orlando Magic. You know, the the Lakers shoot 54% from the floor, uh, 40% almost from the three-point line, 17 of 43, and then the Magic 50% from the floor. So you you were good enough for the most part offensively, but 10 of 28 for three. Um, the Lakers just shot the ball much, much better in this game, and there's really not much that you're going to be able to do when it, when the team is making seven more threes than you are when you're both shooting, you know, relatively the the same percentage from the floor. So as we start to talk about this Detroit Pistons game, kind of a trend again, where we're having to talk about this team defending and competing on that end of the floor and really like dialing in and focusing on that end. For me, Luke, that's where everything starts. Like if you look at the six game winning streak, it started with defense and you look at now you've lost three out of your last five. And much of that has to do with defense. 
yeah I, I listen the the one thing that has been good the last during the win streak and then now has been the the turnovers the turnovers have not been nearly what they were at the beginning of the season but that being said the turnovers are not the most important part of the game and that is also what i've learned the last two games against the lakers the magic had won the turnover battle they only had 11 turnovers they forced 14 against detroit the magic only you know had the same amount of turnovers as detroit with 13 turnovers not bad considering what the magic typically do as far as turnover wise the magic currently you know, are at 16 turnovers a game roughly. And that average has come down because of how well they've taken care of the ball, but also getting away from the simple things such as defense, communicating on the defensive end. Also, you're lacking in turnovers probably because you're not really sharing the ball as much right now. Like the, the last two games, I would say, I feel like if you share the ball some more, yes, you shouldn't give up 129 to the Los Angeles Lakers and you shouldn't give up 121 to the Detroit Pistons. But with that being said, you you share the ball a little bit, your production on the offensive end is going to get going too. But it all starts with the defensive end, like you said. If you're playing good, good defense creates good offense, and we've heard the players talk about it, so I think that's why it's so frustrating. The players know. They know what they have to do on the defensive end. They're just simply not able to execute. And I don't know what it is. I don't know where the disconnect is. I don't know if it's the philosophy of Moe's in terms of the Magic, you know, giving up three-pointers to the Lakers who don't shoot that many threes. They don't make that many threes. Detroit tonight, what, you give up uh, 18 three-pointers and they shoot 43% from beyond the arc. Listen, sometimes teams are hot, but it is no coincidence that teams get hot against us from beyond the arc. It's just something we're willing to give up. And I think that's something that needs to change in in the scheme that Moe's puts before the team. I don't care who who the team is. The Lakers, you are going under on all the screens, allowing them to just shoot from three. If it doesn't work, you have to counter. You have to do something different. You have to ch- shake it up and just say, okay, that's not working. But uh, it's it's unfortunate. But uh, yeah, the defense on the defensive end, they've the Magic have left a ton to be desired. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So the Lakers shoot almost 34% from three on the year. They're you know, bottom six in the league in terms of percentage. They're bottom four in the league in terms of amount of attempts. So they know they're not a good three-point shooting team and, and basically letting the team beat you. I mean, Jamal Mosley was asked after the game what he thought about the defensive effort in, against the Lakers, and he said there was none. Like, we, we didn't play any defense. And I do think part of it is the scheme. Like, I know how much we've crapped on the zone, especially like the first 
I don't know, 20 some odd games. The Magic have largely gotten away from that. But when they go back to it, when they switch it up a little bit, recently it has been effective because guys have been really good about closing out to those open shooters. When you're not flying around and you're like not connected defensively and guys aren't making the correct rotations, like when guys are getting open threes and you're just looking at them in the corner like, oh man, I'm never going to get out to that guy. Might as well just let him shoot it. I promise you that is so... That, that is not better than just giving up an open three and trying to contest. Like just watching him take the three is, I promise you, is is not the answer for sure. So although I do agree it is scheme to a certain extent, it is personnel to a certain extent, a big part of it is guys just playing hard and playing together on that end. And the Magic have not been doing that for the most part over the course of the last five games. But let's talk about this Pistons game because it was it was really the case tonight. Like, if you want to look at the problem in, in each of these games, it's the defense and it was the other team making a ton more three-pointers than the Orlando Magic did. So tonight, so you have the game Tuesday in Orlando against the Los Angeles Lakers. That game ends. You get on a plane. You fly to Detroit to take on the Pistons, a team that you barely lost to at the beginning of the year. And you're you know much healthier now than you were then. And you're looking to get a win. Some you know, people thought that this was a must win, including myself. Uh, but the Magic make five three-pointers to Detroit's 18. And they lose this game by 20. Magic didn't shoot the ball particularly well either. Especially in like the first half. It just seemed there was like a lid on the basket. The Magic were getting plenty of good looks and easy looks. But were not able to convert. Um but when you're allowing the Detroit Pistons to shoot 42% from the three-point line, you're you're not going to win these games. You know, the Magic, it, it feels like recently have gotten into the habit of trying to outscore teams because they have been shooting the ball really well. But we all basically figure that at some point the other shoe was going to drop, the offense was going to come back down to earth a little bit. And although you're putting up, you know, 101 points in this game you're not going to win giving up 121, Luke. So now we're back to the point where the Magic have to kind of figure out what it takes to win again, where last week we are like, okay, this team now knows what they have to do to win. Yeah, and kind of to compare between the, the two games, between Detroit and the Lakers, in the Lakers game, the Lakers dominated in every aspect on the offensive end. They were hitting threes. They were making them at a high clip, which we have said is uncharacteristic of them. And then on top of that, they were just dominating the paint. If you told me going into this Magic Pistons game that the Pistons scored 24 points in the paint, I know, I know, I know they are a low points per game team in the paint. But I still say, oh, the Magic must have won that game pretty comfortably. Detroit, Jonathan, scores 45 points a game in the paint. Um, and the Magic score 48, just for context. But there is just no reason why Detroit should win this game scoring for 24 points in the paint. That just means that they're just launching from outside or they're shooting a terrible field goal percentage. They shot 45% from the field tonight. And 24 points in the paint. And all of that comes in due part to the fact that they shot 43% from three with those 18 of 42. You have got to make an adjustment, emphasize other things, say they can, you know, give up the three, right? Like give up the three. Let's, let's not overemphasize, you know, going under screens. I get what you're saying as far as personnel. And I totally agree. It's just it's a mix. It's 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 a mix of both, and and you've got to to make adjustments. Jamal Mosley has got to tell his guys something different than what he told them tonight, because clearly what they what he told them tonight did not translate. I know the Mo Wagner thing probably shook up some of the guys because I know that they've got to be aware, or at least someone one of the coaches made them aware. Hey, you can't get off the bench. But because our team did, we're losing a lot of you guys to suspensions, most likely. I know that there's a mental part of that game. Basketball is a mental game. and But it just can't. You cannot result in the way you did tonight. 
Detroit and LA were susceptible, susceptible to all the punches the Magic threw at them in terms of trying to make runs. That's the other thing. You can't give up almost 40 in a quarter. Give up 39 to Detroit in the second quarter, and it almost, at that point, you're able to kind of just throw your hands in the air and say, this game feels over. So it's unfortunate. You just got to figure out what you need to do um, moving forward against the Wizards, the game plan. I hope there is one. I hope that it is executed well. You need that win on Friday. So like we talked about, you know, 18 threes. So that's how many points is that? 54 points off of threes. If I, if my math is correct. 18 times three is 54. Welcome to the math with the six man show. So 54 points off threes. And then the Detroit Pistons shoot 31 of 40, 40 from the free throw line. So you're looking at what is it? 85 points off of threes and free throws, Luke. Yeah, that absolutely cannot happen. When you score 101 yourself, you're going to lose that game every time. And I know people want to point to the officiating being tightened up after you know the Mo Wagner, Killian Hayes kind of scuffle. But when you look at the breakdown by half, the Magic shoot 20 in the first half, the Pistons shoot 18 in the first half, then the Magic shot 14 in the first, I'm sorry, in the second half, and the Pistons shoot 22. In the, so it wasn't like that incident, like, Yes, it did feel like there was a, a much tighter leash, like they were blowing the whistle a little bit quicker, but it basically ends up in the almost the same amount of free throws, you know, in, in each half for the Detroit Pistons. So the issue really is like you have to de- be able to defend without fouling, or you can't put yourself in a position to where the ref has to make a 50 50 call and it may or may not go in your favor. So, I mean, it was an ugly game. It was an ugly, like, just slow, awful game to watch. But I, I know people want to talk about, you know, oh, well, after, you know, the, the Mo thing happened, like, they had to tighten up the whistle. And it felt like that way to me. But when you look at the numbers, like, no. They were calling everything in the first half, even leading up to that point. Yeah. Which, you know, 70-plus free throws in an NBA game is, is yeah. just pathetic. But the Magic just have to be much better defensively. The Magic have to come out in every single one of these games and realize our focus needs to be on the defensive end of the floor. Everything else will come from that. Just I have a couple of stats here for you. Mm -hmm. So during the the six-game win streak, Luke, in terms of defensive rating, the Magic had a 107.0, which was sixth in the league during that stretch. They had a 114.7 offensive rating, which was 11th. And then their overall net rating was 7.7, which was fourth in the league. So they were sixth in, the, in defensive rating, 11th in offensive rating, fourth in net rating. In the five games since, the Magic are two and three. So we've got a couple of wins in there. In terms of offensive rating, they're 10th in the league. So the offense, the last five games, has been the same as it was during the win streak. The defensive rating, however, the Magic are 22nd in the league with a 118.7. So they're basically giving up 11 more points per 100 possessions than they were during that win streak. The net rating is down to negative 2.8, which is 20th in the league. So you went from 4th to 20th from that six-game win streak until now, and you, you just point to the defensive rating. Like This team is going to go as much as they do on the defensive end. If if that is not their prime focus every single game, this team is not going to be the team that they want to be. They are not going to be the team that they can be. Yeah. And let me tell you two things that cannot happen that happened tonight. And it's on an individual level in terms of statistics. Jalen Duran, great rebounder, had 18 rebounds. Dude, the, the stud. He's a stud, but there's no universe where he should have eight offensive rebounds. He had eight. He had eight offensive rebounds, which was tied for the most rebounds total a Magic player had tonight. Wendell Carter had eight and uh, total rebounds, and he was the highest on the team. Jalen Dern has eight just on the offensive end alone. No reason that should happen. Another thing that shouldn't happen Bull Bull had zero assists tonight. 
yet three turnovers. He puts the ball on the floor when he quite frankly shouldn't. His handles aren't that tight. He's a highlight reel of a player. But he has got to become more aware of what he can actually do. You need to be self-aware as an NBA player, and Bull Bull, quite frankly, is not very self-aware. I know he's trying to figure it out, but there are just times where it just makes ill-advised plays where he's trying to do too much. He's feeling good coming off of a coast-to-coast, you know, uh, basically rebound and score, and then he just tries to do too much. He is a spark plug in a lot of aspects. We saw it against the Lakers. He had a good run, and it got us down, you know, cut the lead of the Lakers down to five. Made the game more manageable because of Bull Bull in that instance. But there's just things that he does, man, that just need to be cleaned up. We've talked about it. I think teams are starting to figure him out a little bit. And, you know, that like I said, they're swiping low when he puts the ball on the court. I said that a couple episodes ago. Clearly, that's the case. He had a, I think he had a pass that got stolen tonight. He tried to pass it to either Cole or Markel on the baseline. It just, a crazy left-handed pass. It was like just ill-advised things. That can't happen. You're a big man. I know you're a wing. I know people want to put you in the box of a wing. You move like a wing, but you don't facilitate like one. And I and you don't dribble like one, to be quite honest. So it's impressive for a seven-footer man, but that's just kind of my rant about Bull Bull. Um, I hope that he can continue to improve. It's a long season. You got a lot of games left. But you have got to figure out a counter to how these teams are figuring it out. And you got to understand what you do best and kind of stay in that lane. I think, obviously, it's easy to look at the box score and, and see Markel Fultz, 2 of 12 from the floor. Paolo Bancara, 4 of 12 from the floor. The Magic just shoot 41% from the floor and then 22% from the three-point line. The offense definitely wasn't where you would want it to be tonight. The Magic, like I said, just... Struggled to to hit easy looks. You know they got good looks for the better part of the night, but weren't able to capitalize. Um, but Paolo Bancaro, you know the last couple of games hasn't really looked exactly the same. Um, I don't know. Again, the LeBron thing, whatever. Maybe he's hitting the rookie wall. I've looked up his uh, like his uh, frequency splits, just in terms of like number of shot attempts and, and where they're coming. Basically, you know, month over month and October is obviously a, a very small sample size, but each month his percentage of attempts at the rim have fallen. So the first you know, month he was 45% of his attempts were at the rim. November, I believe that was down to 33. This is according to, to cleaning the glass. And then so far in December, he's down to, so, okay, basically the same the last couple of months. 32% of his attempts are, are coming at the rim. Teams are definitely loading up on him when he's you know catching the ball and, and looking to drive. They're double teaming him early, trying to get the ball out of his hands. A big part of his growth, and as he continues to improve, and he will, I'm not doing this to poo-poo on Paolo Bancaro. He very much still is a, you know, what is he, 20-year-old rookie. Uh, and he's going to get better and better and better. Over time, he's going to learn where LeBron James knows where to attack those angles and how he knows he can get to the rim anytime he wants. Paolo Bancaro is going to pick up on that. Instead of kind of settling for these contested, you know, 20 foot baseline jumpers, he's going to be able to get guys off balance and just kind of get to the rim, draw contact, and, and get to the free throw line. The entire team, by the way, the last couple of games has been struggling from the free throw line. Tonight, you leave uh, eight at the free throw line, 26 at 34. I think you missed like nine against the Lakers as well. Unacceptable. Not really going to help you, but you're losing you know, by 20 points anyways. But yeah, I mean, this team, whatever, the offense is going to come and go on a given night. Paolo Bancaro, he's going to have hills and valleys the entire rookie season. That's what the rookie season is about. That's what it is for. But the defense is something that you can control on a nightly basis. And for me, that is what is super frustrating about this team because Jamal Mosley's talked about it. Dominate the simple, control the things that you can control. Defense is something that you can control every single night. Defense is the thing that travels. There have been a, a ton of, of awesome offensive teams in the league over the years, and you see them flame out in the playoffs year after year after year. The teams that make it to the end, 
First of all, they have multiple ball handlers that can execute down the stretch in playoff games. They're fairly good offensive teams, but they're almost always top five, top 10 defensive teams in the NBA. And if you want to have success at the highest level in this league, it starts on the defensive end. And I'm hoping this young team figures that out sooner rather than later. Yeah, we we it's something that is easy to spot if you look for it in games where the Magic are losing, like last night and tonight. And it's something I believe we've touched on on the show recently is, is Paolo Bancaro's body language when you're down. Like it, it is, it is concerning at points when you look at like this is a rookie. He should be full of energy. He shouldn't be hanging his head very much. Understand it's frustrating on the offensive end, but you just got to contribute, you know, to to spots that maybe you're not used to contributing in if things aren't going your way. Markel Fultz, perfect example. That dude is always hustling. Two of 12 from the field tonight, yes, but he also had seven rebounds and nine assists. So he wasn't a, a you know, non-threat on the offensive end tonight. Paolo is never going to be a non-threat just because of his physicality, people respect his game already but you got to have the body language man and and this is not to compare him to the skill level of Luka Doncic but Luka Doncic down however many points they were to the Knicks the other like you know last night was it 10 points nine points in the last like 35 seconds or something 33 seconds left his body language was great Luca was great, and as a result, he was able to make things out of nothing and just do these incredible things just out of pure hustle. The tip-ins that he had, the two that he had in the last 33 seconds, Paolo's just got to learn that nothing as good is going to come from having bad body language and getting dejected over however much you're down because it's the NBA. Anything can happen, and I just want to see him step up to the challenge, and when things aren't going well, he needs to step up. And uh, and he needs to call for the ball. He needs to be more assertive. Something I didn't think that we were going to have the problem with with Paolo Bancaro, but I just feel like he is not calling for the ball. He did not call for the ball much tonight. It just wasn't there. Against the Lakers, he was in foul trouble. He didn't play that many minutes. So it was a little bit different, but you could still see it. So I, I don't know what it was, but the, he cannot shrink when the team needs him most. And I feel like that's just what he's done the last couple games. Like you said, it's not to say take away from what that he's going to be. He's going to be a great player, but he's going to get there a lot quicker with things such as easy as like just your attitude during a game when you're down big. And you know, he, you know, he's he's going to be fine. Like I I know again we're we're way too close and maybe like too critical because we live and die with all of these wins. He's going to be fine, but it definitely is frustrating. Like you want to give guys a pass tonight for it being the second night of a back to back. You were home. You have a flight all the way up to Michigan. That's fine. The one guy I won't give a pass for that is Paolo Bancaro because of the foul trouble, and he didn't play as many minutes as he normally does. You know, he's usually you know thirty plus minutes, and was twenty two minutes the other night because of the foul trouble. He should have had the energy. And to be fair, he was fantastic the first couple of minutes in this game, like yeah. defensively Locked scoring in. the basketball, like was great the first couple of minutes. But him and the entire team. Just they they haven't had that. I forget who it was talking about it last night after the Lakers game. I think it was Markel. They didn't have that same pop that they normally mm-hmm. do at some point in the game, like where they kind of flip that switch and they go on a big run to close the gap. We haven't seen that the last couple of games now. So I'm not concerned about that yet. Friday happens. Talk to me after that game. I, I really don't know. I want to talk about this bench clearing with, with Moritz Wagner, uh, you know, and with Killian Hayes. So again, we're, we're talking about, you know, it's late in the, the second quarter. I think there was a minute or maybe, maybe a little under two minutes to go in the, in the first quarter magic, have the ball, uh, a pass, you know, two more Wagner. He misses it. It's rolling down, you know, the sideline back towards the Detroit bench. Mo Wagner is just kind of jogging back. Killian Hayes is sprinting, trying to make a play on the ball. Again, Mo Wagner sees this kind of shoulder, checks him. He goes flying into the bench. You see Moritz kind of raise his hand as if to say, my bad. We can talk about the intent here in a, in a second. Killian Hayes obviously gets thrown into the bench, is going to react like most people would react. 
gets up, goes after Moritz Wagner, is kind of being held back by some of the Detroit coaches. Hamadou Jallo comes up from behind, trying to defend his teammate, shoves Moritz Wagner in the back. I really don't have an issue with that. But then almost immediately after that, Killian Hayes throws a punch to the back of Moritz Wagner's head. He falls into the bench. He's kind of shoved, punched. I don't know if he was also maybe like kind of grabbed by the Detroit Pistons coaches, but he's grabbed, falls into the bench between two Pistons assistant coaches. To their credit, kind of like protect him and hover over. Because if they didn't, and those Pistons players wanted to get some cheap shots in, this could have got really ugly really, really quickly. And this prompts the Magic players that are on the floor to run over to the Detroit Pistons bench. Jamal Mosley comes running over. A number of Orlando Magic players come running over. Uh, it seemed like the Magic players were really just trying to get to Moritz. Like They're not trying to um, you know, escalate the situation anymore. But this guy is quite literally circled around, I don't know, half of the Pistons organization at this point, underneath a pile. They Maybe you can't even see him at this point. You can see Mosley really just trying to fight through the crowd to get to Moritz Wagner. Uh, eventually, he's brought out of that crowd. Everything kind of separates, and we had like close to a 15-minute delay of the referees going back, watching the replay, trying to figure out what exactly happened, who did what, who was involved, and then we have three ejections. Moritz Wagner gets ejected for the shove on Killian Hayes. Killian Hayes gets ejected for the punch to the back of Moritz Wagner's head. Hamadou Jallo, he gets uh, uh, ejected as well for escalating the situation by shoving Moritz Wagner in the back. Those are the only three ejections. Luke, I know you have a really like the full list, and I think we also have kind of an explanation of the, the NBA rulebook and how this is supposed to be handled. Do you want to kind of read through that and then read through everyone that was involved? Yeah, yeah. So essentially, so Kobe Price put out a, a tweet straight from the rule book in regard to how they handle altercations and the suspensions that follow um, mainly in regard to you know people that were on the players that were on the bench and then you know contribute to the altercation so real quick i'll just go through it during an altercation all players not participating in the game must remain in the immediate vicinity of their bench violators will be subject to suspension without pay for a minimum of one game and fined up to fifty thousand dollars uh, one, the suspensions will commence prior to the start of their next game. So in this case, Friday, um, it'll be probably issued on Thursday Two, a team must have a minimum of eight players dressed and ready to play in every preseason and regular season game and nine in any playoff game. Three, if five or more players leave the bench, the players will serve their suspensions alphabetically according to the first letters of their last name Four, if seven bench players are suspended, uh, which I believe is the case tonight. Uh, in terms of the players for the Magic that came off the bench. Um, four of them would be suspended for the first game following the altercation. The remaining three would be suspended for the second game following the altercation. So those are kind of the explanations from the rule book. Uh, shout out Kobe Price for posting those. And then according to Philip Rossman Reich of the Orlando Magic Daily, uh, he had kind of just reported based on what he saw that those you know these are the players who left the bench uh, according to him and what he saw. Um, Cole Anthony, Mo Bamba, Wendell Carter Jr., RJ Hampton, Kevon Harris, Admiral Schofield, and Franz Wagner. Now, what I'm interested in, Jonathan, is to know it said in that, you know, in what I just read, that if five or more players leave the bench, the players will serve suspensions alphabetically. And then it says, but if seven are, are suspended, uh, four of them are suspended for the first game, and then the other three for the second game. So in this instance, I wonder if it's still alphabetical. I'm assuming it's alphabetical still. And in that case, in that event, it would mean that for Friday's game, Cole Anthony, Bamba, Wendell, and RJ are suspended for Friday. And the next game after that, it is Kevon Harris, Admiral Schofield, and Franz Wagner. So we will see um, what happens there. I don't know. But uh, the next game after, the second game subsequently, like I said, Kevon and Admiral, so your two two-way guys, and then Franz. Um, Friday's game will be bad uh, from the sake of body standpoint. No Wendell, no Mobamba. So those are your two seven-footers, two of them. 
RJ Hampton, who virtually doesn't play, and Cole Anthony at your guard position. So that's interesting. We'll see. But um, we'll see if it kind of stays true to that tomorrow. Yeah, I, I, if I had to guess, I would figure that's how it's going to work. The good thing is, you know, against what would be Oklahoma City Thunder, you know, two games from now, Kevon and Admiral are, are basically out of the lineup for the most part at this point. But losing Franz definitely hurts. Friday, I mean, no Cole, Bamba, Wendell, R.J. Hampton. You'll have Franz. You'll have Markel. You'll have Paolo. You'll have Gary. I'm trying to think about Kevon like and Admiral. Well, <laughs> yeah, you'll have those guys. They'll probably make their way in, into the lineup at this oh, point. Sure. It seems. Yeah. Just trying to think about the guys who you know really play a lot of minutes. You'll have Bull Bull, you'll have you'll have Terrence, you'll have Caleb Houston. So, I mean, the the Wizards just blew out the Suns tonight. I know they're without Devin Booker and they've been kind of sputtering as of late. But you don't want to run into you know a hot Washington team when you're down you know four well three rotation guys. We know that RJ has been largely out of the lineup, but and it sounds like Beal they're still going to have. As well, I'm sorry. They didn't have Beal tonight either. They didn't have Beal tonight either. Wow. And they still, that's right. So he didn't play tonight against the Suns, but they think he, they're optimistic that he could play on Friday against the Magic. Yeah. That's the report that I read earlier today, which doesn't make me mm-hmm. feel great. You know, we're, no. we're down you know, a few guys anyways. So we said uh, three and oh, but we met for the other team. This week, right? The other teams would be three and zero against the Magic, so Mm -hmm. we're still Mm -hmm. technically, you know, right in in that aspect. Yeah, no Franz against the Oklahoma City Thunder really doesn't make me feel good. Oklahoma City has been playing really, really well. Shea Gilgis Alexander obviously has been out of his mind this season. Deserves to be an All Star starter, in you know our opinions. So, yeah, I will say though the silver the silver lining here, Jonathan, is that. The game that Franz is out against OKC could be the game that Paolo steps up and gets back to form. Hopefully Friday he does that, but I'm I'm optimistic that if Franz is not there, he has no choice. And he's going to have to put up an absurd amount of shot attempts, more than his average. Maybe that gets him on track. We'll see what happens, but really unfortunate. It is what it is. And uh, in the in the grand scheme of things, it's only two games. And then hopefully, hopefully it's only two games. I don't think they did anything. It's a minimum one game suspension. So I don't think that any of them did anything terrible. Like they were essentially rushing to the defense of Mo Wagner. But in context, the NBA doesn't care. They got off their bench. We're not in the vicinity as the verbiage is. Uh, so I do Definitely think we see a suspension. Vicinity. No, <laughs> really far out. Um, so I think that it's going to be a one game suspension and a fine. At least that's what I hope. We'll see. So let's let's talk about like everything that happened and like our opinion on like the whole thing. Mo Wagner can't make that play, right? Like it's no. regardless if you think it's dirty, whatever. It's just a stupid play to make. Like the ball, like you're you're not getting to the ball. It's going out of bounds. I know you're trying to stop him from getting it. Like just just get in his way. Like you could have just stepped in his way, but throwing the shoulder, yeah. like. Probably wasn't thinking in the moment. He goes flying into the stands. Now, people feel differently about his intent. Mo Wagner is a good actor. We we have seen that from time to time. To me, he checks Killian into the the bench, turns around, is like, "Oh my gosh, I just I kind of meant to bump it. I didn't mean to literally throw him into the bench." Kind of throws his hand up to say, "Like, whoa, 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 like, hey, like, let's let's relax. I didn't mean to do that. I apologize." But understandably so Killian is hot Hamadou Jalu ready to square up with with Mo it seemed like as well and then the punch like the punch comes in especially to the back of the head I get it a guy like pushes you you don't care if his face is to you or not at that point you're just trying to throw a punch but to the back of the head that's like deadly like you could you could really really hurt somebody with a with a hard enough blow to the back of the head and then everybody you know, coming to to the defense, I'm fine with it because he was on the bench, buried in the bench, and that's your teammate. You're just trying to get down there and and see what's going on. Mosley was asked about it after the game as to whether or not he felt like he reacted to it overly emotionally. 
And he said, no, he said, my job in that instance is to go and get my guy. He's like, I wasn't trying to go at anybody. He's like, they were trying to stop me from getting to my guy. He's buried underneath their team. I'm going to get my guy. My job is to protect these guys. Yeah. I love that from Jamal. And that's what everybody was trying to do. They're just trying to get Mo out, out of there and make sure, you know, you're, you're just trying to have your teams back. The funny thing to me is that Franz is like one of the last guys over yeah. to the entire thing and is looking at Mo like, what are you doing? Like, wh why, mm -hmm. why are we doing this right now? If that's me and my brother, dude, Dude, bows are coming off the top rope. Like I'm, I'm flying into that that pile elbow first, bro. I gotta tell you. So, Franz much more composed than I would have been in that situation. Uh, I was happy the way that the refs handled it and just like really ejecting the guys whose fault it was and realizing yeah. that everyone else was kind of there trying to make sure that it doesn't happen. But um, yeah, yeah. How did you I'm, feel about everything? I. I don't know. Um, I, I think I'm looking at it more from like a factual, like what happened. I don't know the intent of Morris Wagner. I, I would like to think there was no malintent. Um, I think there's a case to be made for either side. I, I genuinely don't know. And I, I think that at the end of the day, it just looks like a guy was shoved and he was going really fast and went into the bench and then he reciprocated and it went downhill from there. So I really don't know. Um, I, I just wish that the NBA would take this whole thing in context. The, the fact that like, why did the players come off the bench and go over there? I wish that was the case. And I, I am, am just hoping in the most naive of my part of my heart that the NBA will look at it and be like, they were going for their guy. Like they were, their guy was buried under the bench. He just got hit with a, a really an actual like you said deadly punch it can be very consequential and and that's it and we just let this go we let that we have killian hay services suspension and the magic don't have any suspensions that would be in my my perfect utopia Mo should get suspended yes probably yeah but killian definitely but um yeah <laughs> lakeland florida uh, uh citizenship revoked right exactly killian um but yeah man i i don't know like i said i i'm just looking at it from more of like a, a fact standpoint what happened in the in the whole thing and i don't know the intent to be honest but that's our guy so i'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt he's known to get under people's skin but i've not seen him or seen him even act I've never gotten a vibe from Mort Wagner in interviews or in general that he is that type of guy. So I'll just say kind of emotions were running high. He was making a stupid play, albeit, and Killian just happened to be going 100 miles an hour. So whatever. We we move on. Morris Wagner's okay. That's what matters too. Killian's fine. The dude ran into a couple chairs. So, whatever. I would love nothing more than tomorrow we get some kind of press release from Adam Silver or, uh, you know, Mark Tatum saying, you know, the refs handled this very well during this game. There's not going to be any further, you know, <laughs> discipline. Although we know, almost pretty positive, that's not what is going to happen. The NBA yeah. with stuff like this is very much the rules are the rules, no questions yeah. asked, and it's really because of what happened in Detroit. Years and years and years ago, the malice at the palace to the point where the announcer tonight, literally, as soon as stuff starts hitting the fan, he says, nobody move. You move from your seat. You are going to jail like over the PA to let folks know like this. I have seen too much. We are not letting this happen again, especially same? not in this building. I see the same PA announcer. from. That's my understanding. Palace. I'm not sure, but that's I've heard that and I, I've read that. What I would love to go back and hear if he what he said at Malice at the Palace, if anything. Like what but did he say anything? And then this is just kind what of could like, you like say? he said what could you say then? Nobody move or you're going to jail. <laughs> I don't think Ron Artest cared, to be honest. To yeah. Uh yeah, so I, I would love to put those side by side. Just see if I can hear anything from the PA announcer's side, if that's the same guy. That'd be hilarious to to be able to see. Unfortunate what happened to the Malice of the Palace. Don't take it as me saying that's hilarious. 
but the announcer yeah he was having flashbacks of nom for sure rightfully so man you've been through that <laughs> once you don't want to see that happen again that's that's a scary thing to have yeah. happen when you've got you know 17 18 thousand people in a building and you've got if you're lucky i don't know what 50 to 100 cops on hand you mm-hmm. are the the numbers are are not good in trying to maintain order in in that event nobody move or you're going to jail the iconic maybe that's Love maybe that. that's the the episode title nobody title, move or you're going it. to jail it's pretty As good I said it. I'll have to go back and and make sure that that's the quote, but I'm almost positive that's what he said. <laughs> Nobody move or you're going to jail. So, man, hey, like I hope that guy has kids. a nice cold one tonight and is just able to like decompress. Like, yeah. I am so glad that that didn't go where it went the last time. <laughs> Something like that could have potentially happened, but yeah, super unfortunate. Like, more, it's just just don't do that. Just, I love you. You're my guy. I don't think he was trying to eject Killian Hayes into the third row, but that was the result of, of what happened. And, you know, he's going to have to live with the consequences and the magic are you're probably going to lose a couple of games. Um, thanks to this. And if that is the reason that my 26 and a half over does not hit, dude, <laughs> I'm going to be beside myself. Yeah. Mortz Wagner's going to pay your, your payout to you. Yeah. So let's talk about Friday versus Washington really quickly. Uh, they just blew out the uh, Phoenix Suns tonight taking a look at the NBA standings uh, the Wizards are two games up on the Orlando Magic they're 15 and 21 on the season now winners of three in a row after they had a pretty long stretch of losing Luke what do you think happens especially I'm looking at the list because we're guessing we're going to be without Cole Bamba Wendell RJ Hampton who the heck is going to play center for this team Mo Wagner is also definitely going to be suspended for this game. We do oh, not Bol-Bol. have a center. Bol-Bol is going to be so hurt when he has to play center. Um, we do not have a center Friday night. I can guarantee you that. Not guarantee, yeah, though, but I have a pretty good feeling if no, the suspensions go do. the way we think they will. We we do, Jonathan. His name is Admiral Schofield, baby. All right, let's go. Gosh, I thought I was done with that part. Oh man, that sucks. Um, let, real quick, Jonathan, to, to get to get the full picture, I want to just go off of Washington's win against Phoenix. Let's see what they did well. They only made eight threes. They shot thirty percent from three. They attempted twenty six. They're not a high volume three point shooting team, but they did score sixty points in the paint. So that's unfortunate. Um considering you might not have a big man on Friday or you you probably won't. So Washington might score 80 points in the paint and just not even shoot a three, go to the free throw line quite a bit because our guys are smaller and they're fouling because they're getting beat down low. That's what I predict. If the magic lose against Washington and it's, and those guys are suspended, it's because Washington had an absurd amount of points in the paint and shot a ton of free throws. That's my ultimate prediction there. And if players are suspended in that context, Washington wins. Yeah. I mean, that's that's how I feel. I don't know how you can watch this team the last like two games and, and pick them to win this game anyways, where like they just have to prove that. Brian Hill made a, a great point tonight. Uh, that especially with a young team, you know, they they had this, you know, six game winning streak. They win, you know, eight out of nine games. And you start to have a level of confidence about you as a young team that we're good enough now. Like we've been playing good enough. All we have to do lately is show up and we're going to get the result that we want. We're going to win. And you fall into that trap of not doing the things that got you there. And it seems like it feels like that's a bit of what is going on with the Orlando Magic. Part of learning to win is learning how to sustain winning and how to do those things on a night to night basis. That's really the issue with young teams is they don't know what it takes. Like they literally don't know how and they are in the process of learning. We've got to hang our hat on the defensive end every single night if we want to win these games. So you pair that with the fact that we're going to be missing basically all of our centers and our you know, six man right now. You're going to have a tough time winning that game. 
especially you know if, if Bradley Beal plays, Kyle Kuzma, he's been playing really well for the Wizards this year. Kristaps Porzingis, Rui Hachimura played well tonight too. So yeah. that's another guy that's going to eat you alive. Yeah, they've got a they've got a talented roster over there, even though they haven't been that great so far this year. So I I would have a tough time uh, picking the Magic to win. So we thought it was three and zero. It looks like it's going to be zero and three. Doesn't feel great. Uh, but Luke, anything else before we go ahead and close it out? Let's go to bed. Yeah, it's just after midnight here. You all have a very fun, happy, safe New Year's Eve and New Year. We are going to see you New Year's Day with our next episode, unless something crazy happens. Luke and I and Kevin talked about this before the game. I don't think we're going to run into this issue where the Magic weren't going to have enough guys on the active roster. But I said, man, if they suspend like seven guys for the next game and we just like need extra bodies on the bench to be able to like play the game and not forfeit, we might see Jonathan Isaac activated, get everyone excited (laughs) just for in the pregame. Jamal Mosey say, yes, Jonathan Isaac is listed as active tonight. He's not going to play, but we needed an active body for the roster. I was terrified that that was going to happen. It feels like we're going to be able to avoid that scenario, but unless something crazy happens, if Paolo drops 60 points on Friday against the Washington Wizards, we would probably do an emergency podcast for that. I, that's mm-hmm. just a guess. We'll see if that happens. It's possible. I don't know if it's going to happen. But last thing, folks, don't forget, coming up on January 7th, our next, our next watch party at the Porch South Orange at 8 o'clock, 4757 South Orange Avenue. Hope to see you guys there. For Luke Sylvia, this has been Jonathan Osborne. You guys are listening to The Six Man Show. And unless there's an emergency, we will catch you guys next year. See ya. Thanks for listening to The Sixth Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It helps out the show a lot. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Sixth Man Show. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic! Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.